Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. Well, good morning, church. Um, if you're confused because John Leitzel was here earlier, that's because I fired him right before, and then I'm preaching this morning, so that's why. <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> He had the opportunity to be over at Living Word Church this morning. It kind of happened during the week. Um, And the blessing in it is that our sister church was in need, Living Word. And so we're part of a family of churches, um, four of them. And Living Word's over in Lansing, and their pastor wasn't able to be there. And basically, through a series of unfortunate events and deaths in the family, um, a lot of other people weren't. So he's able to go over there and be a blessing to our sister church. And so... um, I'm preaching this morning, so sorry, but you got to deal with me now. <laughs> um, so we're going to be in Mark 12, um, and this, this morning, kind of as, as the week was going, I was praying. Um, a couple weeks ago, I shared at youth group um, about the idea of how to worship, um, and we've been going through spiritual disciplines uh, this whole kind of spring um, at youth group, talking about different things, how to pray and fast and like all these pretty significant things that are practical in our lives as Christians. And so I talked about how to worship, like what does that even look like? So as I was praying and thinking, how would that translate to Sunday morning? Um, I started reading through this verse, uh, and it's Mark 12, verse 30. And so Jesus is in um, the temple, and from the start of this chapter and before, there's Pharisees and scribes and different people coming and trying to kind of catch him off guard and asking questions. And then one of them finally asks kind of a simple question, but he says, uh, starting in, it all start in um, 28, says, and one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God, and with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And that's what I want to focus in on this morning, and more specifically, what would it mean for us as a church to follow this commandment as we gather together in this space on a Sunday morning? Most of the stuff that I'm going to go through is translatable to like any area of our, of our lives, and, and it should be. Um, but I just thought, what would it look like to love the Lord our God with our, our heart and soul, with our mind, with our strength, as we gather together? And so we're going to go through kind of each of these, and I have a few practical things and just things to share that I feel like the Lord's placed in my heart. Um, but if I can, let me just pray for our time together this morning. So Lord Jesus, um, we're just grateful to be here, Lord. What a privilege it is to gather in a space where we can worship you freely, um, Lord, without fear um, or condemnation, God, that we know through Christ Jesus um, there's no condemnation for any of us, God. We can come here and, and worship you and, and, and declare your praises and hear your word and um, minister in, in different ways, Lord. But um, I pray that as we go through this scripture and, and talk about what it looks like to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, mind and strength um, together as we gather. Um, I pray that something in us would change, God, that um, we wouldn't stay the same as we hear your word, but we would respond in faith to it um, and be transformed by the power of it. And so we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So what does it mean for us to live out this commandment here on a Sunday morning at Mercy Hill? I think um, it means that when we worship with our heart and soul, mind and strength, it should be provoked by the Lord and used by us to offer him our best worship. And I feel like in my own life, when I think about this, it's been a journey of really understanding what it looks like to worship the Lord with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength in every area, but even on a Sunday morning. And as I thought about this, I remember a time when I was around probably 12 years old and uh, in the church I grew up in outside of Boston. And um, when I was there one Sunday morning, I remember like all the youth kids, we'd always sit in the back. We met in a theater um, and we're on the top row in the back so we can hide and be cool and stuff like that. Anyway, the, and so I'm sitting there and there's one lady who was uh, just worshiping, but you know, she's raising hands and singing and dancing is really getting into it. And um, me and my friends just start making fun of this lady. We're like, like, what is she doing? You know, she's, why is she raising her hands or singing or dancing? You know, and so the whole time, pretty much throughout the music and, and times in the service where, you know, she's saying amen or different things like that, we basically just made fun of her. And I just thought, like, this, this was so indicative of my own lack of a relationship with the Lord that I would, like, judge a person in this way. And I think it also showed that, like, I had no worshiping life of my own. You know, I'm, I'm choosing to externalize uh, what I didn't have going on in my heart and soul and, and in me, and I externalize it by just kind of tearing down this layer, making fire. She didn't know, you know, we're doing it behind her back. And it, it sounds horrible, but that's where I was at. Like, when I was that age, I didn't know any better. Um, I, and a part of it, too, is... Maybe nobody was really teaching me or, or encouraging me to grow in that kind of worshiping life and, and tell me what it looks like. So let's look at the first part of this verse, and I want to just read that again for us. So it's Mark twelve thirty. It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. The first thing I want us to see is that the way we worship together should stretch us emotionally. Our heart and soul kind of enraptures our emotions and things like that. And so, you know, I'm not saying to you guys, maybe immediately you're thinking, oh, I have to like weep and cry. You know, I'm not talking about that. What I mean by this, and we can turn to Hebrews 13, verse 15. In this verse, it says, through Jesus, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of the lips that openly profess his name. And when I talk about loving the Lord your God, worshiping God with all your heart and soul, at the heart of it is really this idea of a sacrifice of praise. What does that look like? When we think of a sacrifice, um, we can say that it's something that makes us think of something that brings us a great cost, something we have to give up, right? We're sacrificing something. While praise, on the other hand, makes us think of a sense of joy that comes from a thankful heart. Praise doesn't always require a sacrifice, because if your kid gets a good grade on, you know, report card or something, that, that didn't really require a sacrifice or a cost to you, right? Or we tend to think of praise as a response to blessing. Thank you, Lord, you protected me when I got in this accident, so I'm going to praise you now. Or, uh, God, my husband got a raise at work or got this new promotion. Thank you, Lord. But there are times in our lives when God didn't do the thing that we prayed for. So what do we do then? 
For example, you didn't get that house you were hoping to get and praying for. Your marriage is falling apart and you feel like there's nothing you know, going on to, to save it. Your child continues to disobey. Maybe your family is in just disaccord and, and falling apart. Your friends, there's broken relationships with coworkers or, or people you feel like just constantly attacking you. And the Lord isn't answering those prayers. And what's our response in these situations? I think in order to praise God in a time uh, like this, it demands a personal sacrifice. And that's what in Hebrews we're looking at is the sacrifice of praise. We must command our souls to worship God even if we don't completely understand it. And we have to trust that he is good and worthy of praise. And that's really difficult. (laughs) But the idea of commanding our souls, I think, is really important here because offering a sacrifice is extremely hard. But if we command ourselves to worship the Lord through these things, and offering that sacrifice of praise is something that he desires. It's not based on how we necessarily feel all the time or how we don't feel. Worshiping the Lord with our heart and soul, worshiping him through our emotions, means fighting through those, in a sense, to offer the sacrifice of praise. Just because I feel like I'm on the mountaintop and the Lord is blessing me and doing all these great things, doesn't mean that's the only time that I'm supposed to be excited and and thank the Lord or praise him. It's even in the lowest parts of our lives when we feel like everything's falling apart that we need to really offer that sacrifice of praise. And each Sunday as we gather, it's new and different. We have, we have sort of a, a, maybe a structure and we know the flow of things, but that doesn't dictate the newness of it or what the Spirit's doing each and every time we gather because the Spirit is always doing something different. He's always changing us and and transforming us, and that's part of our walk with Christ. So we have a moment when we gather to come before the Lord, to engage in worship, and we do that in many different ways, in offering ourselves as a sacrifice of praise to love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul. Mark 30, uh, part B is what I'm going to call it, but (laughs) it's all the same verse. So now we look at what does it look like to love the Lord your God with all your mind? The way we worship should stretch us mentally. And I'm going to kind of repeat that phrase. The way we worship, you know, stretches us. It should be stretching us. So first we're stretched emotionally when we worship with our heart and soul. Next we look at what does it look like to be stretched mentally through our minds? I think if we truly believe in God and what he's done for you, then it should change the way that we worship him with our minds. Lack of knowledge of God, what we don't understand about him, can oftentimes result in off-centered worship. If we don't have a, a right, maybe a right understanding or, or we don't care to know, then that's not going to effectively help us in, in worshiping the Lord and offering our best to him. Knowledge comes from his word, and that is living and active. And getting to know Jesus, we do that by spending time with him. So how are we not going to love the Lord with all our mind if we're not actively engaging in his word, if we're not actively engaging in in seeking what he says about himself in the word? And God gave us his word so that we'd be able to grasp who he is by the truth he reveals about himself in scripture and through his spirit. Uh, I have this quote I want to read. It's by uh, Joshua Harris, 
And it's from Dug Down Deep. It's a book he wrote about kind of practical theology, and he addresses this idea, and it's really good. He says, what makes it difficult for us to see the truth about God, I think, isn't his overwhelming, overwhelming immensity, but our overwhelming self-centeredness. Looking past ourselves is a lot harder to do than most of us realize. Many have never tried. In this way, we're a lot like the people walking past the windows of a coffee shop. Instead of looking through the window of God's self-revelation and seeing him, we find it easier to admire our own reflection or to place on him the constraints of our own existence. We judge him by our own standards of justice, fairness, power, and mercy, and we even measure his greatness by our own ideals of greatness. That picture is just so good and and, and helpful as I think about what it means to actually... um, read and understand and believe in our minds and have our minds changed by the knowledge of God, not looking at it through the lens of ourselves, but looking at it through what is God saying about himself and his word. You, you can picture like, you know, if you've ever been in a coffee shop or something sitting in there, I have, and um, you look out and somebody walks by and then they're just like checking themselves in the mirror and they think nobody's watching, you know, but there's 30 people inside watching, you know, but all they care about isn't looking through, maybe to see the people and, and stuff, but all they care about is really what, what do they look like? How, how are they appearing? Um, these things, and that's what he's using. That's what he's using to show us how our own self-centeredness gets in the way of us fully worshiping the Lord through our mind and what we know. Knowledge of who God is should draw us into a deeper sense of awe and wonder. And I think, and as you'll see, and and we'll get to, they all connect. Because it's not just our knowledge of God to understand his, his awe and wonder, right? But it also draws on our heart and soul. If this is not taking place, if, if we're not being drawn into a deeper sense of awe and wonder during our worship or during our understanding of God, then do you really understand the truth of whom God is? I think he's far greater, he's far worthy, far beyond any expectation we have. Therefore, our mind must be renewed to see him for who he truly is through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul talks about in Romans 12, 1 and 2. He says, uh, therefore, don't be conformed by the pattern of this world any longer, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you're able to offer your lives as a living sacrifice to the Lord. Our minds must be continually transformed and renewed, and it's not something we do on our own, because that goes back to the self-centeredness, and which is our nat- nature as just sinful human beings. But it should focus on God's self-revelation through his word, what God has to say about himself. I remember when I was at Visible um, Music College, a school I graduated from about five years ago or so, and in my first year, um, it's real kind of awkward because you're at a music school, and so everybody's kind of like, uh, like, how good is that person, you know, at guitar? How good is that person? There's like this weird kind of atmosphere in the beginning, and you, you fight through it, and you get to know each other, and it gets over. But the thing is, artists, like, because we're so creative and sensitive, we just get, like, self-conscious, and you start, like, judging other people and kind of lash out. And that's just how it is, okay? So if you're creative, you kind of know what I mean. If not, then there's a little lesson in there. <clears throat> um, so when we're on the worship team, we're just judging each other. No, I'm just kidding. That's not the case. But when I was at Visible, um, I remember being like just this sense of jealousy came out. I've never really had that ever. 
But when I was there, I started to get jealous, and it was during these times of worship we had. So every Tuesday and Thursday, we gathered, you know, similar to this, but shorter amount of time where um, somebody spoke, and we had music, and that was pretty much it. And um, in those times, I remember, rather than even, like, focusing on the Lord or anything, I was just focused on what people were doing. So, oh, that person's leading this morning, I'm like, eh. Like, that, that band is playing. Oh, I don't like that song. That song's horrible, you know. And my mind was just totally off-centered from what I should have been focusing on. And, and what happened was the more um, time I spent in God's Word, um, the more I started to kind of see things differently. The more I was journaling and more I was praying and seeking the Lord and what He has to say, about things, my mind began to be transformed, and I began coming to those times not self-centered, not jealous or, or envious, but unselfish and ready to give of myself and worship to the Lord and to others. Would you have it? <laughs> God's word actually does change us, and I remember having that realization. You know, here I am, like 22 years old, and I'm like, oh, it does work. You know, like, and and um, it was because. Uh, the Lord met me in those times when I was in his word, when I was actively seeking his knowledge that he had uh, already written right about himself and, and, and given to the authors through the spirit and through divine revelation. And my mind was completely transformed. I saw things differently. So as we gather together on a Sunday, um, I think it's important that our minds have already been shaped by that, right? Because on, on a weekly basis or daily, um, spending time in his word and allowing his word transform us to make him more like himself in his image, to become more like Christ. And then as we gather together, it's not just worshiping uh, the Lord through, through music, uh, through prayer, through giving and all these different things. We don't just do it uh, through our heart and soul and, and emotions, but rather, we also do it through our mind. And I think it's because what we know, uh, and if we look at that also through how we're also emotional beings, then what we know can transform our hearts. And that's what happened to me. It wasn't just my mind that was transformed. It was my heart that was also transformed. The way I felt about God and, and the way I viewed him all shifted because of this. So we should be stretched in our worship of the Lord, through our mind. And then let's look at this, this third part in this verse. Love the Lord your God with all your strength. The way we worship should stretch us physically. But what is our strength? What really is meant here? And in um, the Greek, the word strength is actually translates as power. In an Aramaic, that same word translates as wealth, which I thought was really interesting, power and wealth. So why is it that this idea of strength also holds these ideas of, of power, of, of wealth, and it's telling us to love the Lord our God with this in mind? I think the strength of a person isn't just in who they are. It's not like your physical nature and, and all those things, um, but it's also at what's at your disposal as well. I believe that what's in our strength or power isn't just our physical nature. It's also our talents, our abilities, our resources, and our spiritual gifts. And using these things for each other and to serve the Lord is worship to him, and that stretches us. I think some of us have strengths in praying for others, 
in encouraging and listening to others. Some have strengths in the resources that they have to give. Others have strengths in teaching, in mercy, in compassion, in faith, in words of wisdom. Some of us act in these, and others, maybe you've never tried to act in these. So maybe we need to spend time in prayer as we, you know, love the Lord our God with our heart and soul and our mind, and now we need to love him with our strength. Lord, what is it that you've placed in me that I can come on a Sunday morning and offer to others? I want to encourage us to act in these gifts to worship the Lord and with all our strength as we gather together. We also use our physical bodies to worship the Lord in different postures. Maybe when you pray, like I, I have to kneel down when I pray. I have to close my eyes or open my eyes. I, I like to move around when I pray and talk. And these are also ways we physically worship the Lord. We raise our hands in surrender and in praise to God. We can sing, we can dance, uh, all to give God the glory. These are all ways we can do this. And the great thing is, Scripture encourages us to do these things. In, in Psalms, it says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. How amazing is that? As Scripture says to love the Lord with all our strength, and we want to be stretched in this, as we meet together on a Sunday morning, then we need to be participants in what God is doing when we do. What I mean by this is, is this, and it's kind of a challenge and an encouragement, is when we gather together and we think about what does it look like to love the Lord uh, with our heart and soul, with our mind, with our strength, with all these things, we come through the doors, or even before then, maybe it's praying, uh, Lord, how would you use me as I come in these doors this morning? Maybe it's praying, God, how are you going to stretch me in my worship to you um, by me using my gifts I have? Lord, I'm, I'm not good at a lot of things, but I know how to pray. I could do that, Lord, right? So maybe it's, Lord, would you just lead me and, and, and guide me to somebody who just needs prayer this morning? So I can lay hands or I can just speak life to them and pray for them. Maybe it's somebody who is just dealing with some really tough issue in their life and they need to be encouraged by just the power of faith. Maybe you have like this gift of just faith and encouragement. And so you can do that to that person. But it goes back to actively seeking and praying and asking the Spirit to guide you in this. It's not just uh, showing up and observing or consuming on a Sunday because we need to be participants in what God is doing. And that's really hard to do because obviously we come in right away and we're doing music and um, there's a lot of kids or you come in and your mind's elsewhere because this is horrible, this thing's going on in your life and um, you're like, the last thing I want to do right now is sing. The last thing I want to do is talk to people. Um, but I think the challenge for us is to get away from a focus of ourselves that could go back to the idea of worshiping the Lord with our mind, getting off our self-centeredness and, and focusing on the Lord. What is it that the Lord wants me to do as we gather this morning? And we'll never be able to be stretched in our worship to the Lord if we come to just observe, if we come to just consume or to judge others like I did. You know, I showed up that Sunday morning over 10 years ago, and I, what, what did I come to do? I came to judge this lady for worshiping the Lord the way she was. <clears throat> the Lord made the body with many parts to work together for his good. 
to serve him and to worship him. It's a body. There's many parts. That's why he gives us all different gifts. <clears throat> and the, the uh, amazing thing about all this is that when we think about loving the Lord, our God, with all our heart and soul, our strength and mind, is that all three of these work together. They're not in themselves separate. I think it's something that we easily can do. Um, I, I come and, and I can worship the Lord. You know, I can lift my hands and sing, and, I, and I'm excited. I'm in it, and I'm just like drawn in emotionally, you know, in that, in that way and, and physically. But I really don't even understand, like, why I'm singing the song <laughs> or what it actually means. You know, maybe it hasn't really changed me because um, when I leave here, I still, you know, act uh, in sinful ways or, or opposite of what the, we're actually singing. Um, why, is, why this commandment is so vital is that we worship uh, with our whole beings, not in part. We worship with our whole selves wholly to God. I worship the Lord from my heart because what I know in my mind has transformed it. And this stirs me to want to worship the Lord with all my strength, my physical being, an outward expression of what God is already doing inside me. And we're able to do these things because there's freedom in Christ. Why is it we're able to use our whole beings to worship him? Why is it that we're able to come here to gather together to uh, encourage one another, to be participants in what the Spirit is doing and moving in us? It's because we have been freed through Christ and what he's done for us. Galatians 5.1 says this. It says, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. We have freedom to do all this. We can love the Lord our God with our heart and soul, our mind, our strength, because Christ has given us the freedom to do so. We don't have to come in here and, and feel like people are judging us or condemning us because Christ has set us free from that. And he offers grace in all of these things. I got to the point in my own life where I couldn't keep silent what I mean by that is I, I understood that I had freedom in Christ. I remember realizing for the first time, and part of that was my journey through at school at Visible. Part of it was bef before then. Um, and I have a notebook with this little notebook, and I used to write like prayers in it and stuff. And I remember in early 2011, before I went to school, writing in the prayer, and it was, it was somewhere along the lines where I said, Lord, I want to praise you freely. I don't want to feel like constricted. I don't want to feel, um, you know, like I have to like uh, be still or, or feel like I have to act a certain way. I just want to act how you've made me to be. And what does that look like as me? And I remember specifically saying, I want to raise my hands with my eyes closed shut. And now I look back, I'm like, why did I say shut my eyes? I don't know. You know, you know that's one way, you know, that's not the only way, but it's just funny. And um, and I realized that I was just so overwhelmed by the fact that Christ had really, truly set me free, that my life that has been changed, that I'm a new person and a new creation because of him, allowed me to come on a gathering like this, to go to visible in those times. Um, and obviously, I'm sinful because even after I did this prayer, I was still judging people <laughs> when I went to visible. But luckily, the Lord's still working on me. And so I come knowing what Christ has done for me and changed in my own life, and so I can worship the God freely with, through my heart and soul. I can worship God freely 
uh, through my mind what I know and what I'm learning and understanding about him and his word. I can worship him freely with my whole being physically, um, whatever that looks like. If it's lifting hands, if it's praising, shouting, if it's using your gifts to, to pray for others, if it's using the resources you have to help others in the church. And, and it's all because of what Christ did for me that I'm able to do that. It's all because the fact that Christ came, uh, humbled himself on a cross, that he died a, a gruesome death. I mean, he was, he was punished and, and he was murdered by the people who he came to, to, to speak to and preach to, the very ones he came to save. And he died on that cross. But in the end, he had the victory, right? He rose again from the dead. He rose from the grave. Uh, and I love that song we sang this morning with freedom in hand, our freedom in his hand. He, didn't just, he rose from, from the grave and, and his glory, and he sits at the right hand of the Father now, and, and it's for himself, but not just that. He's not selfish. It was to save us from our sin and our shame and all these things and offer us freedom with a new life through him and what he's done. And I, I just think like there's something in that that needs to stir in us to change our the way we uh, worship Him with our heart and soul and mind and strength, uh, and that looks different ways. Um, but as we gather together here, obviously I've talked about specific ways we do that, and and a lot of times we have the opportunity when we sing to worship the Lord just to to work, move in that. What does that look like for you? To, to really, truly move in the freedom you have in Christ and to be sh- stretched by it. Um, actually, if the worship team, can you guys come up right now? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> and so we're, we're just going to move into a time of worship through music. And um, so I, I encourage you, you know, in, the, in this moment... Um, where we have the opportunity, you know, the kids are downstairs, so there's none of that. By now, maybe the coffee's ran out <laughs> in your cup or whatever. And um, we have the opportunity to just come before the Lord and worship Him with our heart and our mind and soul and strength. And in this moment, we're doing it through music, but uh, we also have the opportunity on a Sunday morning to do that through many different ways. Um, and I've talked about some of those, but we, we give offering. In a, when we give our money, when we give, that's like a physical act of worship to the, to the Lord. Um, writing a check or, or a cash or whatever it is you do, like you're giving it your resources to do those things. When we hear the word, that is an act of worship. We're hearing it and it's transforming our minds and also our heart and soul at the same time. And, and also there's worship happening downstairs, Right? Little kids, children are being taught the word of God. They're listening and they're participating. Uh, they're being shaped by the word of God, and, and that's shaping their worship and, and um, their response to who he is. It's amazing. And then there's teachers worshiping because they're using their gift of teaching at the church. You see how it all works together. The body of Christ is meant to work together in this way. And so my focus has been on a Sunday morning, but all of this is just translatable to our lives, right? I mean, we don't just keep it here, but tomorrow, think about what that looks like in your daily life. And I talked about that in the beginning a little bit, where um, our emotions are changed and challenged. When you face something um, that you can't control, when you feel like this whole thing is falling apart, 
um, turn to the Lord, and let's challenge ourselves in the way we worship with our heart and soul. So let's stand together. I, I want to pray for us. Um, <clears throat> Lord Jesus, we're just so grateful for Jesus, Lord, and, and the fact, maybe even this morning, that he has truly set us free, God. We don't have to act like somebody we're not. Um, we don't have to do what we feel like people expect us to even do, Lord. We just can come um, in, in participating in what your spirit is doing. Lord, we can just come before you and worship you, God, in this moment through song and, and whatever that looks like, Father. God, I pray that your spirit would do a work in us, Lord. Maybe something this morning that we've heard, um, we've been challenged by, God, and we, we need to just take a moment to pray and come before you and ask you to help us change, God. We can't do it on our own, Lord. We need you transforming us. We need the transforming power of your Holy Spirit in our lives and in working in the body of Christ, Lord. And so we pray that. This morning, we pray it as we gather next week, and I pray it for everyone as we leave here during the week that your spirit would move in us to help us love the Lord our God with all our heart and our soul, with all our mind and all our strength, God. Father, we, just, we, we are grateful for what you've done in our lives. Help us remember what Christ has done for us. We hear it again and again, but we can't hear it enough the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ coming to redeem a people for himself, coming to save the ones who, who are lost, who have fallen away from him, God. And that's us. Maybe there's some of us in here who don't fully understand that, God. So I pray you would speak into their heart and mind and, and into their physical being, God, that Christ has come and died for them to set them free from the bondage of sin and death, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.